This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. We just watched Lucifer Rise. Sam, Dean, wow. Wow, you boys got big. So on to season five. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I talk about every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. Welcome back, listeners. We're going through season five. Um, we've hit a little bump in our road. Like, we've been on the, on, the, on the highway to heaven. I don't know if anybody remembers that weird Stop show it. that was a thing. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> of a traveling angel that would solve crimes and, and like, minor misdemeanors <laughs> between people. Anyway, uh, rest in peace, Landis. Anyway, um, <laughs> instead, we, we've come across two episodes that uh, I feel like are okay, but just doesn't do not live yeah. up to the the hype but before we get into that uh let's let's thank a couple of listeners uh we we started a patreon a little while ago uh thank you everybody who's been so incredibly supportive and generous with your money we really appreciate it uh we're using it to make this show do do cooler stuff uh this last week we delivered all of our uh physical cards chris is doing custom artwork if you like chris's artwork for the uh, podcast art you're definitely gonna like what he's doing here uh, those got out, um, and later this week you'll get access to uh, all of our hunk chunk content, like our outtakes and special songs and weird stuff that I edit. So it'll be a lot of fun. Part of that is we also uh, talk about uh, we say thank you to our Patreon people, and today it is Simples, aka Dave from the Monster Deer Monster podcast, as well as the Crouching Tiger Hidden podcast podcast, and also <laughs> somebody named Wittenpit. So. Thank you, Wittenpit and Simplus. We thank appreciate you. it. Good name. Yeah, Wittenpit. I love yeah, it. <clears throat> thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. We love you very, very much. Um, we do. And I can't remember, Jeremy, if you gave the name. So it's patreon.com slash monster of the week if you want to support us and help us do more stuff. But enough, enough about that. Let's talk about some honks. I'm so ready for my honks, Jeremy. It, I have we, uh, I have have not proofread this uh, this previously on, so I don't. You're, you could be saying the worst stuff about me in here, and I wouldn't even know it. Yeah, you're gonna really regret not proofreading this once I read it, and I'm only half kidding about that. But are you ready to hear it? <laughs> yeah, look, lay it on me, dude. Lay it on me. All I'm right, ready. road so far. What's up, guys? Monster of the week here. And last week we smashed that like button on a couple of wild episodes. Our hunks visit a supernatural convention and learn that the true hunks were they fr- were the friends they made along the way. Then we meet the demon Crowley, who hooks the boys up with the cult so they can kill Lucifer. And finally, Ellen and Joe leave one in the comment section down below, and don't forget to like and subscribe on a suicide mission to save Sam and Dean from the Hellhounds and give them a wow. chance to kill Lucifer. Surprising no one, they fail, and Lucifer summons death with a capital D. Yeah, um, I'm really glad these two episodes are going to deal with the, all of the fallout from Lucifer summoning death right in front of Sam and Dean. Yeah, it's very, very cool that they don't even mention the, that thing once. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I think that's that's uh, the second episode. I actually have some legit issues with it, but I think that's the the issue with this first one is that it just it's they. It's the problem with the 22 episode season. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have these these monster of the week episodes, and um, you know they've done such a wonderful job of maintaining momentum throughout this entire season. And uh, it, I feel like 
even though this this next episode that we're, the first one we're going to cover today is is really good, I feel like it's just a it's it's almost like a, a hard break. Like it's just yeah. nope, not gonna be. And it's and it's fun. Like it's a it's really well well made. Like yes. I, I like the episode a lot. And it but, even makes sense as a hard break given the content of the episode. It's like holy shit, the boys need a second. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I get that. And I used to really really enjoy this episode. So I don't know. And I'm I'm not negative on it. I don't think I'm going to be super negative on it. But I was less positive on it than I expected myself to be. I found myself not as enjoying it as much as I as I thought I was going to be because I always I always liked it. Um, so uh, we we'll see we'll see as we get into it. I'm not even really sure why I, I wasn't super into it, and I think it really mm-hmm. is only because it does feel like a, a slowdown um, yeah. of everything that's happening. Again, it makes sense if we're. I mean, just to get into it, the boys are are checked into a, a like psychiatric facility. Um, on a hunt, they're they're called in to 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 help their old uh, their dad's old friend Martin, um, and they end up becoming patients themselves. And obviously, there's episode stuff going on, but then they're dealing with their real issues, and it all makes sense. It's like everything that's happened, the boys have broken up and gotten back together, and all this shit has gone down. They've talked about some stuff. Um, they've rallied together. They've fought all these things, but they haven't taken a second to to, to give themselves a break. And when a person doesn't give themselves a break under normal circumstances, let alone the apocalypse, um, then something inside you could, can can crack. And I get that they're kind of like playing into that here. Like, holy shit, it's mm-hmm. been uh, it's been five seasons of these boys uh, t- taking some pretty serious hits. You know, Ellen and Joe just died. It's just the, the, the most recent in a long string of horrible things that have happened to Sam and Dean. Um, so it, it makes sense. But it uh, I guess it yeah, it really does just sort of s- slow. Um, but if you want to read the the episode synopsis, I realize that we skipped over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and before we get into that, I just want to say that um, the, my other big issue with this is, as someone who was watching it alongside the releases as as they aired, I waited two months to find out what this whole death situation would be. Like the, the last mm-hmm. episode aired in uh, November nineteenth, two thousand nine. This one is is coming out on January twenty first, two thousand ten. So like. All through Christmas, I wasn't worried about my Christmas gifts. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking <laughs> jolly thoughts. I was thinking Lucifer summoned death, and the Winchester boys are right there. We got to deal with this. We got to figure out what the fuck's going on. And turns out, like, I still don't know. And worse, I'm not going to know next week either. It's not until uh, it's not going to be until the next week's episode of Monster of the Week where we cover the song remains the same that we get even any kind of angel business. Like, there's no angels in this episode at all. So um, we haven't seen angels in quite a while besides uh, Castiel. Well, and Lucifer, but yeah, that, that's that's yeah, so that's, that's a I mean, just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's get into the first episode. Uh, it's called Sam Interrupted. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder what that's a reference to. Let's <laughs> let's go look at the wiki. Anyway, uh, written by Andrew Dab and Daniel Laughlin, directed by James Conway, came out as I mentioned on January twenty first, two thousand ten. Sam and Dean get themselves admitted to a mental hospital in order to investigate if a monster is attacking patients, but their incarceration pushes them to the breaking point. Uh, surprisingly accurate. That's, that's pretty decent. Yeah, I like that yeah, one. I get it. Get it. Uh, so, yeah, we, th- we, we open with this therapist trying to convince somebody that there's no such thing of monsters, and, uh, and then basically immediately afterwards we see this chick get attacked by monsters. So, yeah. and, <laughs> like, and we as the viewer are like, hmm... <laughs> But you know what? You know what's mm. a little bit sad about this is that in the past, a lot of mental illness was treated as demonic, like possession. Like a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of cases where they like performed exorcisms on people was just somebody dealing with some sort of mental illness. Uh, and in this case, it's like kind of the opposite. Like these people don't necessarily not they some of them do, 
but they don't necessarily have a mental illness. They are under the control of a monster, which is the opposite of reality. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit tricky here. <laughs> yeah, it's this this is this is weird, and uh, and all of this mental health stuff. I think they they do an okay job of, yeah, of not making asses out of themselves, as far as from a script writing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really necessarily like make fun of of these people. Um, there's a couple of like. Oh well, she's just psychotic. Kind of, kind of comments, which from two thousand nine, two thousand ten, like I, you know that like we've come a long way in the last decade, yeah. right? Like <laughs> of, of being able to know how to talk about this stuff without sounding like like super assholes. Mm-hmm. Like it was only relatively recently, like that I started understanding, like oh yeah, there's lots of different types of schizophrenia, and it's probably not cool to call someone a schizo. Like that's mm-hmm. probably not great. Uh, so you know, I, I I'll cut them a lot of slack for this episode because they don't seem to actively belittle anybody right. in it. Uh, um, this this whole scene where uh, Sam is explaining, they set the scene up so that Sam and Dean are talking to the therapist that we just saw convince uh, poor Susan, who I, I don't know why I, I wrote down Susan's name. She never shows back up, but rest in peace, Susan. I guess. Uh, but we same same therapist and uh, and Sam and it's kind of set up so you think that Dean is checking Sam in and Sam mm-hmm. is going through like basically their whole life story of angels and demons and the mom and the whole thing and the therapist is just getting more like wide-eyed as he listens to it and uh and and dean like the the punchline here is dean going well no that's 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 not true at all like he didn't start the apocalypse and the, and the guy and the guy looks at me he's like excuse me he's like i started the apocalypse <laughs> this scene is pretty um, good I, I love the way that you know dean's trying to check him in and sam's like no well okay i guess i've been like a little depressed probably because i started the apocalypse like up until that moment <laughs> they're selling it they're just like oh it's just a couple of brothers no big deal and then they slip into this and then i love that that kicker of dean being like well no i mean I started the apocalypse. It wasn't him. And then this doctor is like, Oh, okay. Uh, shit. Yeah. Um, I do like how, uh, <laughs> he described, Sam describes Castiel. He's like, Oh yeah, he's an angel. His name is Castiel. He wears a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Also, he says Castiel again. He says it weird. He keeps saying Does Castiel he- weird. Castiel. I'm glad I haven't, um, I, I need to not pay attention to that. Cause I think if I start hearing it, that'll be the only thing I can hear. And it'll take me out of the episode. Like, I think they just, to me all the time. They say Cast. Uh, more often than not, like they say, Castiel yeah. so infrequently mm-hmm. that I guess it it just it doesn't come up much. <laughs> uh, maybe it was a prank by Castiel by Misha Collins to teach to te- <laughs> he's telling Sam like you're the only one that can pronounce it right. You're the only person that pronounces <laughs> it right. Uh, that would be really funny. Uh, it wasn't until Sneasel pointed out that I say 100 percent a lot that I started hearing myself say 100 percent a lot, and now I've just leaned into it to try to say it even more. Man, I, so. I, I still haven't noticed you doing it. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um so yeah, they they get checked into the hospital. Um the for some reason they 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 do they have a nurse that does a full cavity search on them. Um I guess like I I can understand doing this at a prison. I don't quite understand doing this at a at a mental f- facility like this. I guess this. it's like uh, a uh, like a suicide any drugs thing. suicide prevention type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh both of them get get thoroughly checked out, let's say, and both of them are, are like, um, I think Sam comes up to Dean and is like, after the, all of this happens, and is like, did the nurse? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then Sam says, good. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, if I had to go through it, you certainly had to go through it. <laughs> there's a little, there's, they create some tension going throughout this episode, but I love that there is a little bit of bonding between the brothers here, because they're both like, yeah, we're two fucked up dudes, and we're both in this weird situation, but like, this also is, is outside of their usual wheelhouse. And they're kind of bonding because of that. 
Yeah, this is this is good for that kind of thing. And also, it's a return to Sam hassling Dean about his emotions. Uh, he tries gonna, so hard. <laughs> yeah, like he right in the scene uh, before they meet like their their friend that's already in here. Um, he's basically like yelling at Dean, like you you always do this, like you always bottle up your emotions, and you haven't said anything about Ellen and Joe dying and all this other stuff. And like, yeah, like you know Dean, right? <laughs> like, and I, I wish you, that they. Would handle that just a little bit better, being like Sam, being like, "Hey, I know that this is how you cope, but like, like at this point, he shouldn't. I feel like he shouldn't just keep pushing that, and it just feels like the writers are pushing that on the audience. Be like, "Hey, just FYI, uh, Dean is feeling this stuff. He's not talking about it, but he is feeling it." Uh, where I, I again, it feels like Sam saying, "Hey, dude, I know you're not going to talk about it, but like, if you do need to talk, let me know." Like that would be so much better for both of them because it gets across that. Oh yes, Dean is dealing with this pain, but he's not going to be open about it. And it, Sam is still the caring. Hey, man, we got to talk. But it, it, instead of making Sam the annoying one again, like they always do, <laughs> it's it's like they it's like the writers think that the the thing that the viewers want are Sam and Dean to be fighting all the time. And it's mm-hmm. it's a frustrating thing about like network television or, or cable te- television that you know characters forget that they have like conversations with people <laughs> like if right. like all of your conflict could be could resolved by just telling somebody something like you're that's not a great story to begin with like yeah. <laughs> you know and, and we're seeing this a lot with like the new season of game of thrones right where you know things are just happening and like you know whereas before like this stuff took a while to get to, to take part in and it's mm-hmm. i don't know I see a lot of that in Supernatural. Like a, a lot of times, the boys are hiding secrets, or a lot of times they're they're being mad at each other for no reason. And I feel yeah. like agreeing with you, Sam just should know better at this point. Like yeah. he could just it, have dressed this in a way different way. It feels like that that is is less true to Sam at this stage, and more just a the writers doing a thing because they need to communicate to the audience how Dean is feeling because he's not going to talk about it himself, and it, it, that makes sense. But I just I wish they wouldn't still use this same trick with Sam again and again um, yeah. to expose something within Dean because it just it doesn't look good. It's like, dude, you went through this so many times before you went through this in season two um, after their dad died. He went through it in season three after he sold his soul he went through it in season four after he came back from hell and season five. We're doing it again. Um, you know that Dean doesn't want to talk about it. And it just feels like Sam would be he would still say something because he's Sam and that that is true to his character. But getting mad and making him talk like that, I think that he wouldn't do that anymore. I think that he would definitely say something, but but not the way that they do it. And again, they are playing into what this episode is. As you can see, Sam is getting very irritated with Sam and or uh, Sam's getting irritated with Dean. Rather, Um, the irritation becomes, you know, frustration and then anger. And then we see this whole anger. That's Sam's arc for this episode anyway. Um, so in the, in that sense, it, it makes a little bit of sense that he would kind of be on Dean's case about this, but, uh, I wish they went a different route with it and I, and I bet Same. that they will. I can't really remember specific moments. Um, but I think that we don't necessarily always have that kind of whiny, I don't want to call it whiny, but that's sort of like a, a, a pressing for emotion version of Sam, yeah. um, going forward. So uh, they're there to meet their friend Martin, a uh, friend of their dad's, another fellow hunter who had a, a pretty traumatic experience at some point and checked himself into this mental ward because he just couldn't deal. 
Um, he has identified like that something spooky is going on in, in this place, though, and, and has contacted Sam and Dean to come take care of it uh, because he is not up to the job. And this dude does a really good job of playing that um, kind of nervous to go outside kind of character. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this this is all this is all good stuff. Like we saw something very similar to this at the jail. Like this is a kind of a this is a classic like TV trope, right? Of like, yeah, you got to go somewhere that you can't just go into and then like right. do your normal job. And also, you know, at least this time they aren't walking out of jail into their parked car right next to the jail and leaving. So <laughs> <laughs> it's parked like a couple of roads over. Um, but before we get to, before they really have a chance to investigate or anything, we get, uh, the boys get split up because they are dangerously codependent upon one mm-hmm. another. Uh, Sam gets to go to group therapy and Dean goes to talk to like this hot uh, doctor lady, uh, basically, where he that he instantly tries to smooth, but is absolutely not putting up with his bullshit, which yeah. I, which is good. Uh, Sam is like in his group therapy, like a guy that from across the room saw the thing, so they they know that there's something going on. Uh, that for me, the money here is Dean talking to this therapist because he basically like makes a bargain with her of like, hey, you get to ask me questions and I get to ask you questions, and this quid pro quo back and forth results in some really funny stuff. Yeah, uh, with Dean like sp- asking like. Do you feel any cold spots? Like, do you see scratching in the walls? Like, is, yeah. are, do pe- are people behave like when they're not supposed to, like the way they're not supposed to and the things like that? And she's like, you know, it's really hard. Like, you know where you are, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and I, I think all of this is, is super good. I love that the boys can finally just talk about all this stuff because everyone's just going to think that they're making it up where normally mm-hmm. they're trying to hide everything. So it's fun to just see them talk about it. Um, but uh, the, the thing with, with, uh, Sam in, in his group is that this guy Ted is seeing monsters he's legitimately seeing the threat and nobody wants to listen to him uh, and that I'm reading as like when you have mental illness and nobody is listening to that so th- even when they are talking about actual monsters some of that truth still comes through like the stigma of mental illness and how you're basically he's just told to behave you know like stop mm-hmm. talking about the thing you saw you didn't see it uh, you just need to behave like you don't really have depression you're just uh, you need to exercise more like it's that same bullshit yeah um, but with, uh, with Dean's scene where he's, he's seeing this doctor, I love when he's talking to her and she says something about how he's like a paranoid schizophrenic with narcissistic personality disorder. Like she's just like laying into him and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a really good line. I, I love, I love the, like, cause Dean is usually can charm his way through something. Like he can either like a uh, good old boy network his way through a problem or, yeah. or, or charm a, a lady. And when you, when you find like where he can't do one of those two things, it's, it's always a lot of fun, especially when like a woman with power, uh, like kind of flips that back onto him. So, yeah. uh, they, uh, that night they go and try to find, uh, this dude who you named Ted that, so now we have a Susan and a Ted that are both dead that <laughs> are never going to appear again. Uh, they, they find him dead. And uh, Sam, with the use of a Q-tip, finds a hole in his neck and, like, somehow deduces that the hole in his neck goes all the way to his brain. Yeah, because he sticks uh, it all the way in. Also, a lady makes out with Dean in the hallway before that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as they're, as they're talking, like, uh, this chick, Wendy. I don't know why we named all these characters. We never it's do like, this. What is going on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, Wendy walks up and just, like, just lays one on Dean and uh, actually this is there's there's two parts right here that I actually do take exception with um, because Sam says like you are not allowed to hit that like that is that is wrong and 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 Dean's like oh maybe maybe I could or something and that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty gross Mm -hmm. and then right after his session with the doctor Dean describes the the process as being raped uh, which is which is also pretty bad so I'm gonna 
Yeah. Two thumbs down on that. Uh, when I said that the episode was non problematic earlier, but um, but yeah, the, they they decide to like dig into this dude's skull, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is oh, no, this wait, is super okay. gross. So they don't just dig into it because Sam cuts the entire top of this guy's head off. <laughs> just, yeah, and then what? takes his brain out. Yeah, what is this Samford University, with a- dude? <laughs> <laughs> with a fully functioning morgue. I don't know. Like they, they, They've got a bone saw at the psychiatric hospital. What know. are you doing? We get this scene of Dean standing in here. He's, on, he's uh, on watch duty outside. Uh, it, just hearing this saw going inside. It's, it's, it's horrifying. Uh, the one thing I do want to say, though, that I was watching this episode, like, what the fuck are they doing? This is, this is ridiculous and gross. And then he pulls out this, this brain, this shriveled, blackened brain that doesn't look like it belongs in a human head. And part of me was like, huh, that's kind of what depression feels like. Some, like it feels like you have a shriveled brain in your head. So for that one, hmm. that, they did this really gross scene for it. But I was like, the imagery checks out for me. That makes sense. That's how my brain feels sometimes. <laughs> I don't want Sam Winchester to cut it open, but still. Don't you, though? <laughs> Sam Winchester hey, to cut it open, hey, Lady Maria to hey, rip the spine out? Come on, hey, you're there. I want, uh, I want Sam up in, up in my noggin, but not in that way. Up in them brain guts. <laughs> Get it cut. You don't like that? You don't cut. like that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sam is on the lookout. And of course, uh, or excuse me, Dean is on the lookout while Sam is doing all this cre- all this creepy stuff. Uh, they do, again, just want to call out the original music in this season, how like great it's gotten. Mm-hmm. Like the creepy music during this is, is really, really good. Um, but of course, like a nurse burst in on him and is like, what are you two guys doing here? So Dean's reaction in this is to... Uh, drop his pants and wave his dookie around and yell the word pudding, which is a fun, a super fun reaction <laughs> gift and also very hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, you get the, like Sam does what he always does when Dean is acting ridiculous. He's just kind of like rolling his eyes at it. So I get the feeling like maybe this isn't the first time that this has happened. Like this pudding thing seems real specific. <laughs> I think that, that, that just the idea of Dean like using this as a get out of jail free card is, is pretty good. Just you mean like um, he's used it like like before that like bars or just like <laughs> here? He's yeah, like you get. Before. What are you guys doing out here? Like in, like a cop runs up, rolls up to him in a graveyard. And like putting, I'm crazy. Bye. And just and leaves, Sam's like, like this yep, is my sorry. crazy brother. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go take care of him and his pudding dick. <laughs> him and uh, his pudding dick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a that's a fun thing to say. It checks out. Um. So they they go back to their friend and they they figure this is a wraith uh and the 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 wraith's weakness is they're weak to silver mm-hmm. um so I I didn't do we have any 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 dad's diary to to talk about I, this I didn't look up do you, do I didn't mean? look up dad's diary because in this in this part I was starting to focus just a little bit more on Martin not because he's a character of, of really any note just other than the fact that he is an old hunter and the only other old hunter we've seen is Bobby um and, and he, Rufus. And Rufus, right. And and Rufus is like an angry, isolated old man. Bobby has this kind of network that he, he's built up. But again, he's sort of an angry old man. Uh, and this is every other old hunter is, is dead, pretty much. And then we see this guy who who is an older man who we know he's a good guy because he worked with John. He saved his ass a bunch of times. Um, but he he's in a mental institution. He can't cope with reality anymore. Like, life is too hard after all the shit that he's seen. He whatever they keep referencing this one event that happened they don't i don't know if they ever say what it was but it was something so traumatizing to this guy that that he he can't hunt anymore and he can't be around dead bodies um which i mean that feels like a normal thing that a person wouldn't want to be around uh 
but it's illuminating to just see like, you know, we have Sam and Dean now, they have all their baggage now, and they're both two men in their 20s. Uh, Dean mm-hmm. might be 30 now, I don't know. Regardless, they're young and they have all this damage. What are they going to be like when they get to be this old if they make it that far? Um, and I think it's, they're not really hammering into that too much, but I think that the idea is definitely there that yeah. no matter what the boys do, they're probably never going to have a happy ending. Well, it sets up the it sets up something later. Like the the boys are being faced with these decisions that they have to make of whether or not they're going to say yes to these angelic beings taking over their body and then fighting a holy war on the on the face of the earth and possibly killing millions and possibly saving millions. Um, but like it's like it gives them that choice of like, well, if we say no, like this is probably what we're going to end up with. And we've seen like if they say yes, they're probably going to end up the same way. Like we saw that in um whatever time we we capture Raphael uh um or maybe not Raphael which 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 teenager yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was Raphael was it Raphael okay who had been a vessel and then he was basically just left as as for lack a of a better word idiot, a, yeah, right? he was yeah. a vegetable like he had been completely destroyed mentally um so that it's it's going to set this up and then um the the next actual scene is uh the the therapist lady uh questioning Dean Dean has kind of staked himself out in front of the uh, curved mirror because I guess Wraith's true forms are shown in in, the, in a mirror. Uh, but the therapist lady comes up and starts asking him what he's doing, and he just totally tells her, "He's like, yeah, we I think someone in here is killing patients. It's a Wraith. Uh, you know, we're going to have to do this." And she starts asking him these questions, and uh, the most important uh, to me, like this conversation of um, why is it your job? Like he goes, "Well, you know, we we started this, and I, I have to save these people." And she says, "Well, how many people do you have to save?" And he says all of them, and she's like, "That's that seems like a lot of weight on your shoulders. Like nobody should have to save everybody." And it's it's interesting because, like, yeah, Dean shouldn't have to save everybody to feel good about himself. Like that's a ridiculous proposition. But also, Dean, you kind of did start the apocalypse. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, you and Sam definitely started the apocalypse together. Like the two of you, as a set, have started the apocalypse. Like you guys have almost directly caused a lot of this suffering. So I kind of see Dean's side of this as well, right? And they've pulled away from this specific thing a little bit, how Dean's whole sort of deal was that he needed to take care of Sam, especially season one and two. That was so important to him. Um, It seems like that's a far away thing now. Uh, And I I wonder if some of Dean's own shit isn't just, I started the apocalypse, but rather I failed in saving my brother. And now the only way to make up for that is to save everybody else. I couldn't do the one job I was supposed to do. So now I have to do like the ultimate job to make up for it. Um, and she, she asks him, how do you get up in the morning? And says, that's a good question. Um, and again, it's just, it's illuminating parts of Dean that I don't think we'd otherwise get This is sort of the conversation that Sam would probably be pushing to have with him. That he's not going to mm-hmm. have. Um, and a lot of that comes up in this episode too. About how you just have to push it down and deal with it. Like that's the only way to get through it. Um, because if you try to deal with it. You're going to end up like Martin. And you're going to end up in an institution somewhere. Um, this is where we also learn. Uh, about. All, maybe it was earlier in the interaction with the therapist. But uh, all of Dean's horrible. Horrible self care. Of like eating shitty food. Having 40 to 50 drinks a week. Getting 3 or 4 hours of sleep at night. Yeah. No exercise. Like just constantly running his body. Like to the ground and and crashing because it comes again it's a miracle and i think dean said this in the in the last episode or um in the uh 
in the not the real Ghostbusters in the convention episode of like mm-hmm. it's like they should be be complete they they should just be scared out of their minds right now like they should be lunatics but how much stuff has gone on in their lives and he's not and like barely holding it together um, yeah. makes me have a lot of respect for Dean and um and for some reason that doesn't extend to Sam and I'm still working through why <laughs> like I don't I don't know if it's the demon blood thing even though like we, we talked a lot about like Sam redeeming himself for, for a lot of his actions in season four so like I'm not holding that against him or anything but for some reason like Dean as this guy works for me whereas Sam does not and I, I don't quite know why yeah I don't know um I think because his way of dealing with it is always different it's always on the surface where Dean you know he's burying it so you kind of want to root for him more where Probably just as an audience, it's just like, okay, Sam, yes, we know how you feel. Um, please move on. And I think yeah. that that's, that's more of a, of, a, of a writing thing again than like a, I don't know, Hunter thing? That doesn't make any sense. Sure. But you yeah, know that's saying. good. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, he hit, if we never heard about Sam's feelings out loud, if you just saw like facial expressions and stuff like that, we probably would, would in some ways feel more sympathy for him. But he's kind of always hemming and hawing and like, wringing his hands over what he's done and so we get it and i i obviously have a lot of sympathy for sam um but it's not the same as with dean where it feels like he's the one with the weight of the world on his shoulders um because he doesn't talk about it i know you haven't played near automata but every single time we say the weight of the world on my shoulders like i want to like cue that track up from from the soundtrack and just like later on tonight, just go put that sound okay. that song on. I'll put, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes at some point. But yeah, like it just it fucking kills me not to like make a reference to it. It's happened like four or five times now, and it just frustrates me every time. So I wanted to get it out. Uh, moving back through the episode, Dean identifies uh, the, the the guy doctor that checked him in as the as the wraith. So uh, they set up this thing. I forget exactly. They get some silver from somewhere and they give it to Sam and uh, Sam basically like tricks this dude into an ambush and uh, starts attacking him. And uh, when this is the first part Sam he... too, that that comes up in the plot later. So is that is, does that happen here? Okay, uh, um, I think it's before they go and do this. I could be wrong. Just Sam doesn't kiss her back. I got to give the boy that. Sure. Yeah. Um. And neither did Dean. Like Dean was no. Dean kissed her back. Me. He turned his head to kiss her. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh fucking Dean. Um. Nobody's so perfect. yeah. He. He. Uh. Sam kind of like this is the first sign that something might be unusual with this because uh sam starts he's he tries to kill this doctor he slashes him on the on the hand with uh with the silver knife or whatever that they found somewhere um and when the orderlies come out to try to subdue sam sam like almost kills these these guys like sam is in full-on like aggro mode like way angrier than he would normally be in a situation like this like we haven't quite gotten into like a, a, a fight or flight reaction with with sam yet like it's not that and so it's not like he's you know but these guys are human and he doesn't feel like he's pulling any punches at all. Like he's fighting for no. his life. Um, and I think especially with season five, Jared Padalecki just being yacked out of his mind. Um, it makes it look way more violent. Like this humongous yep. man is just punching on normal dudes. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, 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 he, it, he, I mean, he's so big. <laughs> he's already so big. And then they, <laughs> they did this. And so they made him so much bigger. Um, and there's there's so, one but, scene slightly earlier when they're picking a lock where he snaps at Dean. He's like, "Would you give me a second or something like that?" It's just this little spike of anger, and it's like, "Oh, okay, this is weird." And now he's just letting loose, and it's only at the last second that Martin is able to pull Sam back and stop him from murdering the doctor, who they mistakenly identified as the wraith. Yes. Uh, 
yeah, Martin pulls him back, and then he gets shot up with drugs. So the next time um, we... Is this where... Yeah, Sam gets drugged, and this is where Dean goes in, and he ha- we get, like, drunk Sam. Um, I need to find that tweet that Niz uh, t- tweeted where someone was taking a video of drunk Jared P- Padalecki proving that, Sam- yeah. that he has actually been drunk before, or at least has been now, like, maybe not at the time of recording, <laughs> right? But um, it was a real funny tweet. Uh, poor Jared. Please don't ever film me when I'm drunk, everybody. That's not yeah. a good thing to do. Like, at least he's being super nice. Yeah, yeah, could have gone like, away. Right, yeah, take the picture. He's just like, yeah. he just keeps smiling. Dude's just super drunk, but he's like, hey, I'll take a picture with you, whatever, man. You're my best friend now. God, all you, all you fucking short people want yeah. the same goddamn thing for me. Let me live my goddamn life. You, yeah, no. you fucking tiny persons. <laughs> he's being like super nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's being. He's, he's he was like, oh, you're great. Like he, I think at one point, like he just kind of like chucks him on the, the dude on the chin or whatever. Anyway, uh, so in the show, Sam is, is super drugged. Uh, and is like off his kind of just like floating basically and has this conversation with Dean and like tells Dean like yeah you finally cracked like you know I don't know why I didn't kill him but probably because he's not a wraith and we're actually crazy and we, we, we belong to be in here like it goes, goes through this yeah. whole thing and he, he does he does reach over and like boop Dean on the nose which is, <laughs> is very cute I need to find that gift somewhere soon <laughs> um this causes Dean to kind of come out and he he's confronted by his therapist and his therapist starts getting really really personal he starts saying that um he got joe and ellen killed that he wasn't able to kill lucifer that his gdd and a give him hell attitude isn't good enough and he's yeah. like wait a minute who the, who told you about yeah, all of this you weren't there for that great quote of mine <laughs> <laughs> who are you <laughs> and then of course like uh the the scene pulls out and orly sees him and it's like who are you talking to and the camera goes back over and he's the, this therapist doesn't even exist in the first i like place. this actually because the way that they i do know- too Dean yelling at her, and then the orderly like, looks up like, "All right, settle down, buddy." Um, because and, and as the audience, we're just like, "Oh yeah, this guy sees the patient yelling at the doctor, and he's upset." And then they just they orderly keeps looking up, and then he starts to walk over, and then suddenly we see Dean standing by himself. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a cool, it's kind of a cool little twist, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" Like this dude is every conversation he had. This is this is Dean's inner monologue. Him saying, how do you wake up in the morning? You have the world on your shoulders. That's all Dean's thought process. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean calling himself th- th- a paranoid schizophrenic with a narcissist whatever complex. That's yeah. Dean. That's Dean saying that about Dean. That's that's Dean. Like, these boys don't have good good, good head tracks with this stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's not fun. Um, uh while this is happening, or shortly after this is happening, uh, the the doctor that Sam tried to attack and kill that they assumed was the Wraith comes in, and uh, Sam says, like, hey, I know there, there's no such thing as monsters, I'm sorry. And the guy says, like, monsters are the least of your problems. The anger I saw in you, you were ready to kill me. That look in your eyes, it was like you were barely even human. Which is a super strong lie, like, because it's true, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's a that's a true thing, and uh, that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, I like that they're kind of I don't necessarily like it on like, a, I want my boys to be happy, but I, I like that they're just, and, the, and they address it later, but pulling it back down saying like, your problem is not that you uh, have demon blood in you. Your problem is that you are angry and you, you don't control yourself. Like it, they, they bring it down to this human level where it's like, no, you're just like, aside from all that other stuff, you're just, you're fucked up and you need to recognize that. This is all great, and then this goes into like a um, a, a series of things where like 
is Dean actually crazy? Yeah. And and that's that's the fun part of this episode to me. Like that that one scene where they they you realize like she she he he's she hasn't been talking to that dude is is, is super great. Um, uh, Dean rushes to Martin and starts thinking that crazy is the clue because he's getting more and more <laughs> paranoid at this point. Like both of the brothers are having like these these weird delusions. Um, they're having trouble separating. Yeah, Sam like from got reality. into a fight in the rec room and he's just swinging at nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of this stuff is, is super well done. Like this, is, I, I, I like this a lot. Like I think I even texted you and was like, I, I am surprised by the atmosphere and how like kind of creepy this this whole thing is. Like it's it's really good. Um, Dean goes to Martin with this crazy as the clue thing and is like, maybe maybe I got it from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, wait, that's not that couldn't be right. That can't be right. Uh, and then they think it's Wendy because uh, Wendy was the chick that has made out with both of them. So they, she's got to be spreading this 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 disease, like spreading this this supernatural virus yeah, this disease um, um pumping through my veins and i can't ever rip it out or hashtag scrub it clean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but it's not wendy it's actually uh the nurse who got incredibly intimate with them at the very beginning and made sure that they weren't carrying any kind of illicit substances in their bunghole mm-hmm. uh she uh they find her and she's like she's got these wrist spikes that are super gross and creepy looking. Mm-hmm. I don't like them, but she's like licking the blood off of them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, this is super gross and gritty and I don't because like, of it's, it's really, really good. The chemicals that go to the brain when mm-hmm. somebody is dealing with whatever trauma, uh, or, or illness, whatever she makes people essentially go crazy because of what it does to the brain. She feeds off of that. Um, mm-hmm. the chemicals in the bloodstream, whatever, give her sustenance, which is actually kind of an interesting take on like a monster. Um, sure. So I'm I'm kind of down with that, but they uh they got to try to beat her down. I'm trying to look at my notes here because she says well, they've got they've stuff. got they've Go got Sam um restrained right like that's they've right. got right. um because after him fighting they they put him in a in a solitary basically and um and she refers to it as like her room or something mm-hmm. so she has like un- uninterrupted access to him um for this reason to make him go crazy and kind of oh, lays he, out. Uh, yeah, he accuses her again of he's like, you did this to me, which is just another time of Sam blaming somebody else for his problems. But she says that rage is all you like, I didn't do anything to you. I'm just pulling it out. And that's kind of her thing is you could go in there with a mild uh, form of depression and suddenly it it's this horrible, traumatic thing because that's what she does. She pulls out what's mm-hmm. already there and makes it way worse. She says, you build your own hell, but I give you the Legos, which I think is a, it's. I like. I don't necessarily like pop culture references and monsters, but I like that one. <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's pretty good. Um, this is they, they, we get a fight scene here. So she's she's doing the villain thing, like she's she's mm-hmm. pontificating instead of just killing. I was Sam. just going to um, use that word, Jeremy. Get out of my yeah, brain. Like she, she's she's just going on and on and on, just droning on and on about this. Um, and so Dean gets the opportunity to show up, and there's there's a tussle. And uh, she comes at him with it, with her like wrist bone spike thing, and then he breaks it off and Ugh. stabs her in the heart with it. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about like whatever prop special effect that they use, but when he breaks this thing off, like I like wanted to look away from the screen. I don't yeah. know. It's not. It's there's something like fundamentally bad about this this thing that just really gets to me. For it looks I, like I, a I, bone. I don't know why. Yeah, man. I don't. I just do. I don't like it. I'm not not into it. Um, but once he stabs her, then like. Everyone is kind of chill again. Like nobody is as crazy as they were. And I, when I'm using crazy, I'm using that just as shorthand language just right, for the right. listeners out there. Um, but like nobody is ex- as, as excited as they were. Um, they uh, they do something and they basically like jet. 
<laughs> like they just like pull an alarm yeah. or something and they leave. Like they they spend zero time explaining really anything about how they they get out of this it, 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 hospital, which is fine. Like I don't care. Like I don't I don't need that. Like I want them to be on the road more than I want them to just like stop and have a conversation about it. Unfortunately. Sam decides it's time to stop and have a conversation about it yeah. <laughs> and wants to talk about all of his anger and all of his feelings that he has and like how he's worried that that's going to uh, be something that Lucifer uses against him because, you know, Lucifer specifically told him it was going to be something Lucifer would, would do hold yeah. against him. <laughs> they, they pull out this, this anger thing, uh, even though the only time they've mentioned it before was the previous episode, Lucifer saying, like, oh, yeah, good, stoke those fires, whatever. Uh, let's see if I wrote down the quote. Um, yeah, Sam says, most of the time I can hide it, but I am angry. I'm mad at everything. It was before it was you and dad, meaning Dean, not you, Jeremy. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for, yeah, it was, <laughs> for, for assuming that I would, I would think that. Yeah. I don't think I wrote down the quote, but yeah. So, you know, he was first, he was mad at, at Dean and John. Uh, then he was mad about uh, Lilith or Ruby, or now he's mad about killing Lucifer. And he says he blames the demon blood and he blamed Ruby, but it, it was him. It's me. I'm mad all the time and I don't know why. Um, again, for me, that was, that was a very relatable thing. I went through a period of my life where I was just angry all the time. And thankfully, I wasn't ever punching anybody um, or, or doing anything really bad. But I just found I was always pissed off. And it just took a toll on me. It just made me tired all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the way that they're handling this is like Sam kind of just like coming to terms with that and, and dumping it out. It makes sense. But it just, at the same time, also kind of came out of nowhere. Because we've never really seen... Sam acting all that angry. And again, it, it makes sense for a hunter to feel this way, for mm-hmm. the vessel of Lucifer to now be experiencing these sort of negative feelings, especially anger. That feels like that's the right emotion to have to be taken over by Lucifer. Uh, but yeah, we've never really seen it in Sam. We've seen his shame, we've seen his guilt, and we saw some sort of violence kind of in season four when he was on, hopped up on demon blood, but that was actually was demon blood. Now it seems the anger has not come out of nowhere, but it's sort of new. And where I think we're expected to see it, and I guess it sort of do, it, it does kind of make sense. Uh, but, but Dean is like, so what? You gotta take all that crap and bury it. That's how we don't end up like Martin. And he says, are you with me? And Sam says, I'm with you. That's just... Yo, that's so fucking horrible and terrible advice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guarantee you that uh, like, just any dime store psychologist is going to tell anybody like hey don't bottle up your emotions until they get yeah. so bad you can't handle them anymore like and there's there's such a toxic culture along, around this with with especially on the on the male side of not mm-hmm. talking about your feelings or being stoic or or you know being strong for others or whatever that leads to these like catastrophically bad problems like this build up of rage and anger that all come lashing out in one moment like oh, that's just such such fucking yeah. terrible advice I from remember, Dean. like and this is a this is a very serious thing. I, I was in college and I had to write a paper. Uh, I ended up writing a paper on like depression and, and the side effects of it. And this was so many years ago that I wrote this. I don't remember the details, but I remember distinctly reading that because of this sort of idea of masculinity and, and not talking about this stuff because men feel like they can't. I think that the amount of uh, attempted suicides in women is much higher, but the amount of actual suicides in and men was much, much higher because of the culture where you can't talk about your feelings. Something horrible happens because you aren't able to express yourself. And I don't necessarily think that the episode is diving that deep into it. But I do know that, that the show itself and, and Jared, they, they have campaigns for these, these things. So I think it is somewhat pertinent to, to bring it up. 
Um, but they, you know, not talking about your emotions is a very bad thing. Uh, obviously Dean, I think his mindset here, Dean has never been one to talk about stuff. That's just the way he is. And I think his mindset here is like, dude, we get, we're at the finish line for the apocalypse. Like we don't have time to deal with our emotions. We probably aren't going to live. So let's just shove this shit and keep pushing forward. Uh, again, mm-hmm. not super healthy. I can understand. I can totally understand Dean's perspective here and why he would feel that way. Yeah. If there's no tomorrow, then what's the point of whining about today? And I don't even want to call mm-hmm. it whining because, again, that's part of the stigma is that people just think that you're whining. And it's not that. And anybody listening, if you ever need to talk to somebody, make sure you talk to somebody. Yeah, make sure to talk to somebody. Uh, d- definitely do that. Uh, but yeah, but it makes sense coming from Dean, right? Like Dean mm-hmm. would consider that whining about something. Like if you're just going to talk, co- complain about things that you can't change, like that's just whining or whatever. Like not realizing that the actual talk, the the act of talking about something can can make things better, even if they're not better, better. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is totally believable for Dean's character. I I, I wanted to yeah. call a moment of real attention to it just because it's an issue that affects you and I a lot. So like mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to have that conversation while I was here. Um, and even while and this is also kind of a bummer of an ending of an episode, it is. right? Like it is like just to have like you know to come out of this and to have the boys be worse off. Like you know they were they were kind of leading up to this. Like do you remember at the end of um, the real Ghostbusters, like Dean was feeling pretty good, especially about his relationship with Sam and mm-hmm. how that had inspired other people, and then you get. Bam! Abandon all hope. Sam, or excuse me, Joe and Ellen dying. Uh, find out the cult doesn't kill Lucifer. Um, you know, failing at that mission or whatever. Uh, and and then now this, like, fuck, man! Like this yeah. has been a rough couple of couple of episodes. It like, feels are, like this is kind of bad. <laughs> they have such fragile ground that they're standing on. Where if they were just hunting, and there was no apocalypse, and there was no demon blood, and they had just had to go hunt ghosts. I think that the boys would have reconciled them to doing fine. But where they are fully dedicated to fighting off the apocalypse and fighting off Lucifer and all this stuff, whenever something goes wrong, like they're putting all of their eggs in the, we're going to shoot Lucifer in the face with the cult basket. And when that doesn't work out, they're kind of left shattered. They have so much bravado and so much that they're putting on top of that successful mission that when the mission fails, they have, they have very little left after that. You know, they might think that they they have reconciled and they have their shit back together, but they don't. You know, they do in 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 some sense. It's not like season four where they were fighting, like actually physically punching each other. And I think that the, they have a respect for each other, and I think that they have a, a love for each other. Uh, the drugged up Sam says something about uh, "You're my brother, and I love you" earlier in the episode, and I do really believe that the boys were on the same side. The boys really do have uh, a, a love for each other, uh, but they're hanging. Everything is just hanging by such a loose, loose thread at this point that it kind of feels like a huge bummer. Um, every step forward is a potential step back. It's like, you know, they, they leap on uh, to the next platform and the platform behind them crumbles. There's, there's just moving from one thing to the next, trying to save the world. And if anything goes wrong, they're in trouble. The next episode we're going to be covering is Swap Meat, and that's M-E-A-T for you audio people out there. Uh, written by Julia Siege, Rebecca Dessertine, and Harvey Fedor. Directed by Robert Singer. This aired on January 28, 2010. A teenage nerd conjures up a spell to swap bodies with Sam. 
After the switch, the boy investigates a case with an unwitting Dean and enjoys the perks of being good-looking and older. Meanwhile, Sam is stuck in the kid's body and deals with intrusive parents in high school. Um, I, I, I get where this episode is going. Like, it's it, there's some there's some physical comedy in the fact that uh, Giant Sam is now tiny high school yeah. Gary, <laughs> who is the name of the of this te- young teenage nerd, um, mm-hmm. and Sam acting as though like a thirteen year old boy. Like got up jumped to a twenty four year old giant of a man who is extremely good looking and like all of the stuff that that entails like the very first scene that we see is um there's a preview of that where Sam sits down and like shoves his ID out at the bartender and orders a banana daiquiri right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a very a very thirteen year old boy kind of kind of thing to order as your as your first alcohol or, or what have you um but like there's something lacking in the execution of this I think this this is weird magic for teenagers to have yeah. to be able to do this. It's, it goes on for way too long. Like this seems like it should be like a 10 minute episode at most. Right, like, right. The only thing I got, I, I, I really like Jared when he's mm-hmm. pretending to be Gary. Uh, but I don't, I don't like the other half of that coin very much. Um, I think that there's some fun Dean stuff when he's reacting to this kid as if he's supposed to be reacting to Sam. Um, and I don't want to discredit this, this young man, he doesn't do a bad job, but I kind of wish that they made Jared play both parts just because that would be funnier. Um, yeah, because I do really like this when, when, you know, Gary in the body of Sam walks up at, in the cold open and he says, evening barkeep. It's just like, I love seeing him have to act that way. Ordering a, you know, banana, banana daiquiri, uh, excuse me banana daiquiri and then like hit, or had this woman hitting on him and he's like i would love to have sex with you it's just it's very over the top and very silly and i like seeing mm-hmm. jared do that because it's just like he's just a gigantic man like why are you why are you acting like this that i enjoy i'd say the a lot of the middle stuff i enjoyed less and then there was some horror at the end which i mentioned to you that i thought was kind of effective towards the end but why don't we why don't we get into the episode and uh, and do this yeah and i don't i mean like I feel like with that last episode, it gave us a lot of pathos to work with on our boys. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it was, it's pulling out some emotional stuff that I, I feel like we we could talk about. None of that is really going to be here on this one. No. Like there's a, there's a lot of just like going through going through emotions. Um, I think it's so uh, we we get the opening scene and then we go back like three days earlier or whatever. Um, so that we actually so you know we we know we're going to be walking through what we're what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, the setup for this is that the the boys were called by an old babysitter, somebody that John used to drop his kids off to and then go disappear. Um, and she never knew exactly what, what, what John did or where he was going. But, um, eventually young Sam like spills the beans because if there's anything we know about Sam Winchester, it's that (laughs) keep telling people this family business is kind of on his agenda. Like if he knows you more than 10 minutes, like if he was an Uber driver, everybody would know he was a hunter, right? Like he wouldn't well, be able to stop himself. He'd I'm, have that yeah. conversation with every single person. He'll tell anybody as long as he's not in love with them because he didn't tell Jessica for a year and a half. Oh, sure. Yeah. As long as he's not stinging it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Okay. Cause he knows that <laughs> that's, that's a kind of a point. deal breaker. <laughs> if he, if yeah, he tells absolutely. these girls this, yeah. then he's in trouble. Also, uh, every um, woman that I sleep with dies. Are you still into me? No. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. That's something that I think should be on on the front page of his uh, Tinder profile. Like every yeah. woman that I've ever slept with, it's died. Like not from me, from other stuff, maybe, but it's <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the weird thing about this is they're they're being kind of haunted. Uh, Dean thinks it's a poltergeist, but uh, this this chick's little girl, uh, this this kind of teenager, 
like a young teenage girl like lifts up her her shirt and shows them their stomach where she's got the words murdered child like scratched in on her stomach which is kind of bad like that seems really <laughs> horrific for for like this for this episode specifically but for even supernatural in general like to so, do this to a kid yeah it's it's a it's a weird move but when i when i watched this i was thinking you know what i would love to see a haunted house episode of supernatural we've never had a a tried and true haunted house episode they always are playing around the idea of just of that very thing but they never go and do it and i think it would be kind of cool well, I mean, we've had Hell House, which is a haunted... There's always just some sort of twist. I think it would be cool to see Sam and Dean tackle that kind of, like, 1960s ghost story movie type thing. You know what I mean? There's the Exorcist and all of these, they've, these different I, mean, I hate to... I, I, don't, I don't want to pull rank on you or anything, but we've totally sure. talked about this. The the, uh, the, the episode with um, the, the haunted hotel with the little girl that was in the 4400. Oh, that's right. With that's the grandma, right. Okay. the grandma yeah, yeah, at the yeah. top of the thing or whatever. Because um, I was thinking it, it could also be like when they went back home and to, to Kansas. Right, and, right. But then there was a twist with their mom coming out and the mom like got rid of their poltergeist yeah. or whatever. But yeah, yeah the, I think the haunted hotel was just like straight up that, right? Like that feels yeah, very yeah, yeah, like yeah. Roman Polanski-esque, like that, that era of like it felt like a Rosemary's Baby sequel. kind mm-hmm. of. So. Yeah, I forgot about that episode. Um, but yeah, still, I'm not opposed to the idea because I like a traditional ghost story. Um, mm-hmm. that kind of the, the the gothic sense of the ghost story uh but i i'm glad that they don't do that stuff all the time i would like to see it again i guess is that that's what this episode told me is that i would like to see them take a very traditional ghost story and have sam and dean deal with it because i think that they yeah if done right that they could do it really well so um we we get a little bit of, of like I'm not even going to dare to call it character development, but like Dean obviously looking at Sam eating like, you know, shake and salads or whatever. And uh, <laughs> Sam walks outside in a parking lot by himself and then just gets shot in the neck with a dart and then falls over. Yeah, I think that they separate to go investigate. Sure. Because they think it's be going to be an angry ghost, which or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're doing yes. background work on all this stuff. Um, but yeah, like, Sam is just hit in the neck with a dart, Chris. It's insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is the most preposterous thing on the show, and the show has an active like demon summoning ritual in it. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna. Yeah. The fact that like some teenagers got a hold of a poison dart or like a sleep dart out of a fucking James Bond movie, like that is just beyond the pale to me. And then just um, nails Sam in the neck like it's no thing. Yeah, like he has done this a zillion times. Like, I, there's just no way. Like, there's no way. Um, Honestly, something really weird that stood out to me here, or not weird, but something that just stood out to me, is just how normal the conversation Sam and Dean are having. Because every conversation we see them having is always dramatic. But this is just one where he's like, alright, see you in a few. Like, it's just so normal. And then he gets started, but... (laughs) Um, so this is, this is where the switcheroo happens. Um, yeah. the, the boy waved his switcheroo wand and, uh, the wand of switcheroo, I mean. And then, uh, yeah, we get extended scenes of Sam having to act like a 13 year old boy, um, specifically to cops who find him walking mm-hmm. in the woods or to, uh, when he gets brought home to the boy's parents and doesn't recognize them and that, you know, doesn't have any idea who he is before he finally clocks that, Oh, I'm, I'm actually a little kid. Yeah. I just love that they make huge Jared Padalecki dress like a teenage boy sure yeah like that's it's this is real good and it's it's somewhat funny i i don't find this as, as funny as as the previous episodes yeah. like it's 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 like a it's like a half chuckle on the chuckle mm-hmm, meter mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like we're yeah. not in full we're, we're not off the charts chuckle wise on this so 
Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm being too negative no, on this. Okay. Like it's you, just you don't have to find it funny. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, I know. I just, I just like it's it's weird because I've been so positive on all of these comedy episodes. Like they've, I feel like they've done such a good job, and then to have like this, like this standard TV trope of a body swap episode. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's because like, it's it's not it's not Sam and Dean together, and they those two actors do comedy together very uh, very well. That's that's exactly it. Like the, the having them to not like because there's a little bit of that when because. This kid in Sam's body like continues to hang out with Dean for some reason, which I don't understand <laughs> at all. Why would this kid hang out with the one person in town who could tell that he's not this dude, right? Well, because like, he's supposed to kill him. Or capture oh, him yeah, for the demons. Capture him for the demons. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, f- I forgot I started like phasing out on the, the overall plot of this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, and the <laughs> other thing is doing my job here, folks. Other than the physical comedy, they aren't playing any of what Sam does like really for laughs. Like he calls the kid a virgin or something because he says he has a Star Wars T-shirt. I was like, okay, Sam, yeah. you created your yeah, right. own summer reading list as told to us by this episode. So fucking chill, my dude. Uh, yeah, virgin because he's watching Star Wars, dude. It's one of the most all-time. Like more people have seen Star Wars than like anything else in this world. Like what? What are you talking about? Um, but other than little stuff like that, it's not. They're not really doing much for comedy other than it being Sam in this kid's body. Like, he's still acting like Sam. He's still very serious. They have him shit his pants at one point. Um, but everything, they, they play it very straight. And if you don't inherently just find it funny, then they're not doing anything to make you laugh. So I can totally see why it's just, it just is, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and like, we get this, we get extended scenes of this. So, like, Sam being awkward in high school with his with his weird high school friends. And, um... Like eventually breaking into this dude Gary's locker to, to yeah, find he, his like he finds out that, that book Gary of evil had, yeah had this book after like spill he the has beans the fucking the... Necromonicon in his yeah. high school locker what are you what supernatural yeah. what are you talking about right now um <sighs> see this is we're gonna get into it later in the episode but I started to come around on that aspect of it in that. Kids, they're, uh, high schoolers will fuck around with that stuff. They'll use a, you know, a Ouija board and, and they'll think that they're just playing uh, and they have no idea what they're doing. They're not really taking it seriously. Or if they are taking it seriously, they're still, they don't know what they're doing. And it's just like, it's just a thing. It's just children, you know, acting mm-hmm. irresponsibly. However you, whatever you believe in, whatever you, you think of that kind of thing, it's just like kids maybe shouldn't be messing with it. And this is kids messing with it. And I like that they take the idea that the demons would put out an APB on Sam and Dean. You know, they can't find them through their normal means. You know, they're staying off the grid. So they're now contacting like every Satanist or devil worshiper or or, or whatever, or kids just fucking around because they think that it's going to help them get into college. Um, They're taking advantage of all that. And I, I liked the horror of these children being not taken. I don't like that children being taken advantage of just like the desires and, and like, the conflicted nature of what it is to be a teenager is being taken advantage here by these demons. And they're manipulating these kids to get them to lead them to Sam and Dean. Um, because kids, they're desperate and they'll, they'll do a lot of things because they feel stuck in their lives. And, you know, as this episode goes through that, I don't necessarily think it does mm-hmm. it all very effectively, but I, I, I like the idea of what they're pulling at here that, this kind of innocuous thing that we've, you know, we've seen in movies a million times over is just being taken advantage of by these demons. You know, who better to have uh, do your dirty work for you than 
kids who will believe anything that you tell them because you know they have a lust for well money or or success or actual just lust you know they're they're susceptible to these things more than i mean we've seen plenty of adults and supernatural susceptible to these things but probably more so with with kids because they they don't know any better that's true um and you're right. The, the demon angle on this usually it makes this episode work a lot more than I was giving it credit for. The uh, like actually having these demons like start to, started to pursue alt- alternate means in order to get Sam and Dean are, is is very very good and scary and and f- I'm not necessarily fun, but I'm kind of into it just yeah, based yeah. on like I like to know that the demons are actively working looking for these two. And that's the thing is like, it's it's not necessarily the most effective uh, episode or, or way to to deal with this subject. I think I just like the idea of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I like a little bit of like the traces of horror that they brush up against when you know they they summon the episode or they summon the demon at the end of the episode and it possesses the body of you know the one sweet girl who was really only doing it because she just you know likes scary or whatever you know she just wants to hang out with him and do what he thinks is cool because that's what people do when they're in high school they do shit that they don't really like because <laughs> they like somebody you know um, I do I do want to get into this a little bit because. Um... So this dude, Gary, has mm-hmm. been working with two of his other friends um, t- in order to do this. And they're obviously, as we've talked about, like basically being hired by demons to go kill Dean Winchester um, and possibly kidnap Sam. And, you know, as Dean and Gary in Sam's body are um, like dealing with this witch ghost or whatever, uh, Sam gets tranked again. <laughs> the young Sam, Sam trapped in Gary's body gets tranked again. So that's that's that, do we do they have fucking quiet working for them, Chris? Like what yeah. what, are, what are all these this sleep is, darts coming from? This is some Metal Gear Solid <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but this is this is particularly powerful. Like they they trap Sam and then kind of explain what's going on. They explain this plot and then this dude, this this little asshole, like summons a demon and this demon, of course, possesses his girlfriend and then instantly kills him for his trouble. Like. What a little asshole you are to summon yeah. a demon into your girlfriend. Like, you, you know what? I don't say this often on Supernatural, but you deserve to die. They, yeah. Like, they, I feel like... You're, you're, you're a little dickhead. I feel like if they were going to kill a teenager, they were like, well, we got to make him really deserve it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of what made this episode probably work more for me um, was the first time I saw it, I was a teenager. I was 19, probably. But I was still a teenager, so uh, I could I think I could like connect to more more to that whole thing, um, because as we learned throughout the episode, Gary, much like Sam and Dean, has this kind of predestined plan for him, and it's not the same thing. It's not the apocalypse. It's not a, a war between heaven and hell. It's just this is what your parents want you to do. And I thankfully never really had that kind of pressure growing up, but. It, it's still there you know you're graduating high school and it's like what are you gonna do there's there's always the life shit that they throw at you so i can see a teenager totally connecting to this episode just like i did when i was a teenager mm-hmm. I, and i and like dude like I, i've been there right like as, as a teenager like i thought it was the coolest thing in the world to have a book by uh alistair crowley in my collection. <laughs> like yeah. never read the motherfucker just right. thought it was cool yeah right like that, that kind of weird mentality about supernatural bullshit or <clears throat> witchcraft or demons or what have you is, is something that kids do. So I can totally see them getting caught up with this. I just, I feel like the execution doesn't, doesn't quite take it. Yeah, I'm glad, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you like it more than I do. Like, let me, let me say that. And, and I know, uh, but I, I totally agree with you. I, especially in season five, this, the execution yeah. on this is not up to par. Um, seemingly, you know, it, the, the episode did make me laugh, but it doesn't make me laugh. Like the other comedy episodes, it's really just the, the physicality 
of Sam being in that body. And then I was pleasantly surprised to find that I did enjoy this aspect of horror that they draw on um, for all the reasons that I've already blabbered on about. <laughs> Articulated. That's what the word you were looking for. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, is there any stuff in the middle that you want to talk about that you want to call attention to? Because we, we kind of skipped to the end. Um, <clears throat> but like this, this whole plot is good as far as the demons are concerned. I feel like this, the demon that possesses this chick, I feel like when she make, when that turn happens, this chick does a really credible job as a scary demon. She does. Yeah. Of just like, like just not giving a fuck about this kid or anything else. Like that, that's really, really good. And then, um, Dean finding out the truth and, uh, like that this dude is not real is, is also pretty good, but really like there, there's a bunch of like, I guess played for comedy moments, like where the, the fake Sam guy is like hiring a dominatrix or something. And like some things like that, that I don't, like they're there. Like I guess we should talk about them, but also like they're just there. Like if you watch the episode, mm-hmm. that's what you get. Like it's right. it's it's fine. Right. It's just uh, it's just there. I wrote down that I liked when they go to the bar after the uh, when fake Sam and Dean go to the bar after their successful hunt, and Dean is like, "Wait, are we actually drinking together?" Because this guy is not acting like Sam. And he's like, "What? I can't be in a good mood." And Dean's like, "That's not really your style." Like, no, you can't be in a good mood, Sam. <laughs> you can't. You, you really can't. But I really liked um, this moment because it's it. Dean is obviously a little bit, bit put off because he knows his brother, but he he doesn't have any reason to truly suspect that this isn't Sam just yet. Um, but I like that they kind of have a moment of bonding, and I wrote down that I wish that Sam and Dean could really do that. I wish that we could see Sam and Dean really just toss back a couple drinks. And celebrate, but they literally have never done that. Like we we've seen them like standing at the edge of the Impala sipping a beer, but we've never seen like a real celebration. Because like again, that's not Sam's style. But I watched this scene and saw how Dean was reacting to it and just wished like that we could get one of these between Sam and Dean, something genuine that isn't so complicated. But then that wouldn't be supernatural. Um one of the other and, like, things remember remember the last time this happened was the first time that we met um Gordon, right. Oh, wow. Gordon, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Gordon, Gordon be lurking. Uh, Come on. <laughs> I know. I, was, just, I, I remember the lurking part. Emmy. I was like, lurking? Is it lurking Larry? Is it's it lurking lurkin Lou? What do you call her? Um, he just wanted But yeah, Emmy. like, okay. That's fucking crazy. And Rufus is in the movie, like the greatest, you know, grossing horror movie of yeah, all time. So, yeah. yay, supernatural. Um, but like the time we saw that saw them actually celebrate with Gordon after they killed that vampire, Sam didn't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Dean's knocking back shocks and wanting to share, share stories from the the golden days or whatever, and and Sam just didn't have it. Sam's not like to me like Sam is in two modes. Like in the, most of the time, it's in the mode of like we're doing this for a reason. Like mm-hmm. these small victories don't deserve to be celebrated because we still have the big war to fight, and that seems to be like what he the reason he doesn't want to do stuff like this. And I, I, I'm with you. We came, we came very close to this right before they went to fight uh, Lucifer and abandon all hope. Like when they when Dean and Sam were like just casually talking of like yeah this is a stupid plan or or whatever like that yeah. kind of casual back and forth where they they rib each other in a good good natured you know kind of brotherly way was very very close to what you're talking about but it's it's not quite there and I, I kind of I'm with you I kind of want that to happen as well. Um, Isn't it weird that we're so uh, invested in these fictional characters that we just want them to have a drink together? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna start writing fan fiction, and it's just gonna be the most boring shit in the world. Like Sam that- and Dean discover that <laughs> discover they both left playing Diablo three together. <laughs> Sam's a wizard. 
Dean is a witch doctor. They just have for a some good reason. day he, at he the mall. Like, it's just yeah, like... <laughs> Sam and Dean have a great day shopping. They pick out some pants for one another and go see a funny movie. They're like, like okay. it would just be the most boring things in the world. They go, they go um, to separate stores and they pick out flannels for each other and then they make the other try them on and that's the whole episode. <laughs> um. Th- this culminates in uh, fake Sam and Dean, like kind of freeing actual Sam and having a showdown with this demon. Who uh, the the interesting thing here is that fake Sam, Gary, and Sam's body is is able to help uh, Dean do the exorcism. Right, like this goes back and forth a little bit. So they, they he actually ganks a demon in in the tar- in the t- in the parlance of our times. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's which is a good moment for that dude. Like that's a that's a that's a solid moment for for who that kid is. And even though he got all of this into himself, um, but like you know, afterwards Sam is like, man, I I totally wish I had your life. Like parents and friends, like I totally I totally wish you had your I had your life. And I'm like, man, like a fucking teenager does not want to hear that. Like th- their life sucks to them, even if it might be perfect. Like don't yeah. don't tell a teenager I wish I had your life. Like it's the most condescending bullshit in the world. Even though he's literally okay. not, t- he's like literally kidding. He tells Dean like, "No, I'm fucking with their kid." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kids yeah. Life he sucks goes to ass. Dean and is like, "I, I, I lied. This kid's life sucks ass." I was like, "Whoa!" I just want to say my Ouch. favorite, my favorite line of the episode, uh, the one that made me laugh the most is so. There's all this this serious talk or Sam saying like, "Don't do this shit with this demon. You're crossing a line that you can't come back from." Um. And I don't know what the kid Trevor says, the, the, the teenager that dies, but the demon inside of the girl's body says, don't be a loser, Trev. And Sam's response is just behind the demon just goes, yeah, Trev. It's my favorite moment. <laughs> like he is just so he can't do anything. We see Sam struggling against the ropes and he can't get out because he doesn't have his huge hunk body anymore, even though we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, he doesn't have the strength, so all he has is just like sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, Trev, don't be a loser. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, this kid, like Sam, just it, like as soon as he starts, uh, this kid starts summoning a demon. Like Sam is like, "You were such a little idiot. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, he is so mean about it." And, I, and which I think is great. Like, I think that's 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 all that's all good stuff. Um, also, I forgot to mention we get another appearance of Busty Asian Beauties up in Gary's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Him, him and Dean also have that in common with each other, besides just beers and bacon cheeseburgers and shots. Yep. Um, and that's really all I've got for this episode. I know this was a short one, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week where we kind of get get back a little bit to to where we were. Like next week, we 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 we're gonna do some time travel shenanigans, and I can't wait. So yeah, it's gonna get good. I don't, I don't know. know I, I don't know I, if you've watched ahead yet. I have not, but I I, I think I know which episodes are coming. I think that these episodes are absolutely not bad in any way shape or form i know that we sort of rushed through i know you're not a huge fan of this second one um but mm. it's just sometimes episodes are are more fun when you're just watching them as opposed to let me analyze this let me pull out some character moments and stuff like that which there there's going to be stuff in every single episode that we can talk about i mean i think supernatural is a good enough show even in, at its worst that there's always something to talk positively about uh i think that that is really to the show. Are we going to regret that? And are we really going to regret saying that in season nine? Well, first, first five seasons. First, first five seasons. Um, <laughs> thus I'm, just, far. I'm just thinking of specifically that episode, right? Thus, anyway. thus far. Um, thus far. Thus far. But sometimes the episodes are just better when they are on their own. When they, but I mean, that's not what we, mm-hmm. if the episode, all episodes are better on their own, we wouldn't have a podcast. 
Um, but certain ones like these, where we're talking about how the comedy doesn't work, well, when you're watching it, you might get a chuckle. When you're watching it, you might enjoy it. But when it comes down to to analyzing it or or pulling something out of it, it doesn't always hold up as much. That does not mean in any way, shape, or form that it's not an enjoyable episode or that, that anything. It's just that's the nature of doing a podcast about a thing is that we have to sometimes pick it apart. Yeah, and and most of the time that's that's held up for us. Like the the previous episode we dealt with, um, like we you know we we were able to pull some meat off them bones, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there's just not a lot of meat on these bones. Like that would really that really bears up to quality discussion. Like the chuckles that are there are are they're still there like you can watch the episode and you can chuckle at them um but like me explaining those jokes isn't going to do anybody any good right <laughs> right <laughs> like, me, yeah the, which is exactly what i what i said when some friends of mine wanted to start a like a podcast on the office like the, the office is funny like are we just going to tell the jokes yeah. like what are we going to do that's the one thing <laughs> like, seems I, really... my other favorite show especially throughout the time that i was watching supernatural was the show community and I was always thinking, yeah. oh, that's such a short show. I wonder if, you know, we could ever cover that as a thing. But, like, that that does do a little bit more than your average comedy. But, like, I can't tell you the mm-hmm. jokes. That's just me repeating the jokes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, and then, like, and it's a 22-minute episode of television, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. hopefully has a good solid 17 to 20 minutes of jokes in it. So, like... What else are you gonna What else are you gonna do? Um, I, the one The one cool thing here, I think you you really accurately described, which are the demons pursuing like these kind of uh, these these people that they can take advantage of in order to track down Sam and Dean. Yeah. Like that puts oh. a whole other angle on this on this on this search yeah. on this hunt. That Here's I think a is big really good. thing. Mm-hmm. Lucifer just needs Gary to say yes inside of Sam's body. Like that's a huge thing. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they did. They did talk about that. I, I, I kind of still think that that's not gonna. That's that wouldn't work. That though. might like not if, work. Even if like the. But it's the idea of it is definitely interesting. Where I mean, because we don't we don't know. It never happens. But they're like, oh hey, just chill here while our boss comes. You know, Lucifer, uh, to come and to come and check you out, and you can just say yes, and you'll get what you want from him, uh, and then he'll just get mm. your get the body. Um, I mean, how body swapping magic works? May, maybe that's good enough. It does feel like it's some sort. It's in some way tied to who Sam is, like it, his soul, um, rather than just his physical. Yeah, the way the bod. way the the way that the show does deals with souls and later seasons and stuff, I think would would retcon this. Like to me, it's it's hey, we've got Sam's body, um, and then like Sam is obviously going to come find his body, right? <laughs> like right, right. we're gonna we're gonna put the two of these together at some point. Like, but we like this is a thing that Sam is going to want to have. Um, so. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the demons told him that, and uh, when uh, Gary delivered um, himself, uh, basically just said, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're just going to destroy you and and your young body to get Sam." So, yeah, uh, um, I and I think it, the idea of it works because they don't do it. Um, Lucifer never shows up; they never have to go down that path. I think it's just the exactly that that yeah. could happen works just fine. Uh, and nobody ever tries body magic again, to my knowledge. So at yeah. least not in the season. So yeah. like, <laughs> I think that crisis this is, averted. Uh, this is the reason that we haven't, as far as I'm aware, gotten a Sam and Dean body swap moment. Although I think that yeah. it, if we haven't already, I actually, as much as it would be a gimmick, I believe that Jared and Jensen could play each other really well because they've spent so much time together. Um, like there's something from one of the the gag reels of uh jared jensen and uh misha all like dressed as their each other's characters and it's funny it's just like a a still photo but it's it's still funny um yeah i think that they could definitely pull off something like that if it would be silly or not i don't know but 
um, they've kind of covered their ground with with body swapping here. Thank God, because I'm not I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of the body swap episode. Yeah, like I, I saw a trailer for that uh, Jumanji movie coming out, and I was like, "Are you really like seriously like?" <laughs> Really? <laughs> like, are you fucking serious right now? Anyway, uh, this is not this is not Monster of the Jumanji, which is a terrible name for a podcast. Yeah, holy so. crap. <laughs> uh, do we need to finish anything out? Like, uh, they, they leave Gary alive, saying that um, he's basically, he's not voting age yet, so they're not just going to straight up kill him. Um, which is probably good for Gary, and pro- I, I don't think he ever comes back, but like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know, take that dude's witch book away from him or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which I think they do. I think they did. They they burned the witch book, or they they took it away to be burned, or something. Uh, they just probably keep it because they're really the ones who are always casting magic. Yeah, that's true. It's probably true. like, they hey, we might need magic, this though. later. <laughs> <laughs> Go put it in the uh, the castle with the thousand dogs on the top of a hill, or whatever uh, that is their dad's storage shed that yep. nobody ever mentions. Yep. Until they remember it in the plot. Um, so that's that's going to do us for Monster of the Week this week. We appreciate all of you listening. Uh, thank you especially to our Patreon members for helping us out, keeping the show going, and uh, letting us do cool stuff. Um, thank you for to Richard, a.k.a. at Revitar on Twitter. Uh, I haven't mentioned caught him out in the last few. I put him in the show notes, but I always forget to call him out. Uh, Richard is the man who is singing our intro song so if you if you like that go give him a follow and uh, go listen to his insanely hilarious podcast at uh, we are definitely wizards.com uh, his show about how him and his friend uh, colin are 100 percent wizards and what that really means to be in the and then this year of our lord 2017 uh chris where are you where are you at on twitter <laughs> i'm at local bones on twitter where you can see pictures of my huge new sword that's, and that's not, not a, a euphemism, euphemism. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I'm at JG Greer on Twitter. Uh, you can find the podcast at MOTWcast. Uh, you can find all of our social media links at monsteroftheweek.cool, including uh, our schedule of episodes and easy links to our uh, which episode of Monster of the Week is covered, covering which episode of Supernatural. You know what? That makes a lot more sense if you just go to the episode guide and look at it. It's a lot easier to t- talk about that. Yeah. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week, and good night. Goodbye. We really need to come up with a sign-off on this show at some point. Like a hunk yeah, you later. It's gonna, uh, hunk, um, hunk, hunks up. Nope. Hunks up. <laughs> don't don't hunk it up, y'all. <laughs> Stay hunky. Um, I got nothing else. That's it. Maybe we should edit that CeeLo song so it just says "hunk you" instead of "forget you" and or "fuck yeah. you," which is what it used to be when it first came out before it got popular. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you never hear that version anywhere like never ever ever no it's always forgets you and i'm like i remember liking that song when it was just like fuck you <laughs> this is weird yeah i remember like the first time i heard it it was, a, it was still a censored version mm-hmm. but it was like just like beat down yeah like, it wasn't know, that get you re-recording <laughs> yeah oh yeah. weird very very weird honestly because like because i'm you know i'm an atari and like he's an xbox so like yeah, that's what that's, am I supposed to do? That's not gonna work. <laughs> those those, those two systems are, song, are not. Right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, those those two systems are not cross compatible. You cannot play your Xbox games on your Atari. No, no way. Although uh, Rocket League is on both, and you can totally play against each other on those two systems. So, wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it <laughs> really? I don't think that it is at all. No. Mm-mm. Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop recording now. Yeah, you should do that. 
Um, Don't say anything funny. Ironically, it's pudding week on the Great British Bake Off this week. So it just kind of happened to coincide (laughs) with when we're recording this. Um, So I'm going to go watch pudding week on Great British Bake Off. Just by yourself? We're just going to go watch Pudding Week? <laughs> no, Autumn is here. She was supposed to be out of town. But, uh, I oh, canceled. I thought that she was... Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. She was supposed to be out of town all this week, but she it got it got canceled, so she's home. So, no. Although I would Although totally watch Greatest... Watching... Bra- yeah, it's no problem. I love, I love the Greatest... Bra- yeah, the I, don't, Greatest I don't mean Greatest to judge you. I don't watch a lot of TV when I'm not with Jess, just because I, I do all of my show watching with Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just teasing you. Yeah, that's... Whatever. Go watch, go watch your Pudding show. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hello, hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Is things are things working? <clears throat> Do what? Can you can you not hear me? <clears throat> oh, that's gonna sound good on the mic. Oh, I didn't start recording it. That's good. Fuck. <clears throat> I, I really can't, breaking down, Jeremy. I can't tell if you can't hear me or not. You're not here to hear me anyway, but I just want you to know. Fuck, I knocked over my Sam figure. <clears throat> I can't hear it. Please stop making those noises in my uh, ears. I can hear hey. you. <laughs> no, I can't hear you. You can or you can't? Let me mute and unmute you. <clears throat> Sorry, you had to keep hearing oh me clear my throat. I wouldn't have so been terrible. doing that. Please. I wouldn't have been doing that so aggressively <laughs> if I knew you could hear me. Um, I'm very, I'm very sorry. Can you hear me? I need to like cough or something. Oh I don't know what the fuck is going on? <coughs> fuck, Chris. Um, I I usually just mute and unmute myself. That's how I get my. No, I can't hear you. So, sorry. How about now? Mhm, mhm. Yep, the mute unmute did the trick. Yep. Sorry, I was making those gross noises. I didn't think you were there. I would have. <laughs> okay. You were. Just I would have like, been really doing that. Into it too. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna do this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, because I I would have been doing it away from the mic if I knew you were there. <laughs> This is like the worst thing you can be doing on a podcast is constantly clearing phlegm from your throat. Either that or eating. <clears throat> yeah. There's a podcast. I may have told you this before. That this girl drinks milkshakes and like, I like their podcast and, but, but what, what milk does to a person's throat yeah. is not good. It's not good for audio. And I want to be like, hey, you're doing great. Like, I love your content. Your Patreon's successful. You're, you're just, you guys seem like great, great people. But like, maybe no, maybe no milk. Maybe no milk. Just to stop. <laughs> just drink some goddamn water when you talk. Like a normal fucking person. <laughs> I am, uh, I don't remember. I'm starting the, the next campaign in Adventure Zone. And uh, now I know why, like, you didn't listen to anything but this podcast for several months. Because, oh yeah, boy. yeah. That's all I want to do. Like I have usually like the salt report is a day one listen for me and nope, have not listened to like two episodes of that. So I, on so many of my podcasts, I got the thing from iTunes where it's like, Hey, you haven't downloaded this in forever. So like, we're not downloading them anymore for you. 
you have to like re not like resubscribe but like reactivate mm-hmm. the feed. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, like that's, <laughs> this is real now." <clears throat> I have most shows I'm finally, like, just limited to the last three episodes anyway, so my phone doesn't yeah. fill up because otherwise I'll have 20 gigs of phone, 20 gigs of right. podcast episode on my on my bullshit. At this uh at this point I'm not even like going back anymore. Mm-hmm. For stuff I miss, I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll just try to stay current with what's going on. <laughs> yeah, just, not even trying, to, not I, even bothering with. I, that. I had a podcast schedule for for like years that I've been working with, and I just ruined it all. <laughs> oh, I'm falling apart right now. I got shoulder pain out of nowhere. What's oh my god, dude! Fucking old Dean over here. Seriously, I have to start working out on my vacation. Not looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I need to get her going back to the gym. I just. I've, I've been you know just exercising sucks exercising is the worst like i don't even like to do it while i listen to podcasts like i can't really that doesn't work for me um yeah. about the only thing i can do is like listen to like instrumental hip-hop and uh like i can read on the elliptical i figured out like now that i can do that fairly successfully like i, I get i can do a lot more elliptically than i could before but man mm-hmm. like actually like getting up the 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 like gumption to go lift some weights or something is such a pain in the ass um and i just I feel like it's so, and I know it's not like, but my head tells me like, there's so many other better things that you could be doing with your time right now. Like I've got to get away from that, that mindset of like, this is, this is not good for me or something because the entire time I'm like, I could be playing Diablo right now. I could be editing a podcast right now. I could be figuring out how to use that video editor I downloaded right now so I can make previews. (laughs) Like I could do all of this stuff. The thing with being a nerd is that you get all these like hobbies and interests, but you don't have enough time in the fucking day to do them all. And then you have to be a jock too. (laughs) Yeah. What the hell? There was that, was I telling you about the Portlandia skit um, about hunks? No, I don't think so. It's it's like nerds versus hunks because I, I used to watch the show all the time. Was just randomly threw on one of the newer seasons, and it's how like all of uh, of today's hunks, instead of being like dumb jocks like they used to be, they're all just like super smart, super charming, like actually nice dudes who are also super buff and hot. Like, and mm-hmm. the nerds are are, are pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just that's just like the theme of the episode. They say hunk a lot, and I was like, um, I feel like I have that word trademarked now. Uh, yeah, officially, um, excuse but, me. Yeah, you should. Uh, do you even listen to Monster of the Week? <laughs> but uh, I don't remember where I was going with that. But yeah, working out sucks, and I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna run for a little bit. I was trying to run in the morning before work, and then I just stopped doing it. So I'm yeah. hoping that I can create a habit out of it. Um on my vacation and then be like okay i can do this it's not going to be that awful because it would be a short run before work but it would still be something uh and it's before work where i wouldn't be doing anything anyway because after work i'm like well i gotta do this i want to do that like i gotta i gotta catch up on this i want to play some games i gotta record a podcast like i don't want to I don't want to be out here just wasting my time getting healthy, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be out here protecting my body from death. (laughs) Before work, pretty much the only extra thing I do is, like, look at Twitter, and then I don't get out of bed. Yeah. I was like, well, instead of looking at Twitter in the morning, I'll just, like, wake up at that same time, and then and then run, which sucks, but, like, it is doable, and I don't feel like I'm losing anything, because I literally, like, wake up, like, 20 minutes earlier than I need to and just look at my phone for a while, and then I get out of bed. I wish that, because uh, my problem is I want to do it in the morning. Like, I feel like that's, if I go home after work, that's it. Like, I'm not I'm not going to mm-hmm. leave the house mm-hmm. after that. So I can't, like, go home, change into gym clothes, and then go back out. Part of that is, like, 
I live kind of out in the country, so like it's a, probably a ten right. minute drive to my gym, which just feels like it's wasting even more of my time on top of the actual yeah. gym stuff. Uh, but then um, I want so I want to do it in the morning, but like I don't know, man. Like I I want to start my calls. I want to get my shit done so early. Like so I'm leaving the house at six. So now I would end up having to wake up at like four <laughs> to be able to go to the gym by four thirty to get for workout for an hour by five thirty to get back here, shower, get ready. That I'm on the road by six. Um, and that's just like, I just, I don't know that I can do that. Like, I just don't want to wake up at four in the morning to do that. So I just got to force myself to go in the afternoon, but you know, you got to do, you got to take that podcast money. Mm -hmm. You got to buy a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, there was a guy on, um, oh, he was a podcaster, Robert Ashley. Are you familiar with that dude? Robert Ashley? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know. He was on like that old, uh, like that one podcast that everybody talks about that was so great with, um, with other people, but he does, he did the show, um, a life well wasted, which was like a really, like, yeah, it was like, a um, this American life, but for games, like he he did the full thing. And, um, like Mm -hmm. he, he interviewed weird people too. Like there was a guy that was like a (laughs) severe MMO addict that had just a huge penis and like went and interviewed that dude about (laughs) his huge penis. It was really weird. Anyway, um, he was talking the other day that he edits because he's got a band, um, and he edits music using that Steam controller while he's on his uh, <clears throat> on his treadmill because because oh, wow. I guess that can approximate a cursor or whatever. So he's like, "Yeah, I've got like stuff that like figured out where I can just do mouse movements with the joystick." And I was like, "That's a really smart idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am into that." <clears throat> I know one of the dudes from Rooster Teeth. He when he played Skyrim when that first came out, he just put his treadmill in front of the TV and was like, "Yeah, if like I'm moving in Skyrim, I gotta be moving in real life." Yeah, that's that's, and that's not how a bad he plan. like he like got in shape that way by just like playing Skyrim a lot because so it's he, it's not fucking hard to do. Like if you just like no. like uh, and that's that's the worst thing about it is like if you just exercise on a regular basis and not you don't even have to kill yourself, but just exercise on a regular basis and then just practice just a little bit of just a, just a, the tiniest bit of like not stuff in your face full of fried food every single mm-hmm. night. Like you'll, 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 it'll work. Like this isn't rocket science. I think it was 2015. Uh, yeah, it was 2015. So two years ago now that I just like started walking at work three times a day mm-hmm. and like going on my breaks. And then, uh, I dieted like very slightly. Like I watched what I ate or how much I ate, but I didn't change what I ate. I guess if that makes sense. I was just like, well, if I'm going to eat pizza tonight, then that means like I got to not eat a bunch of dumb shit for lunch. I got to like be more careful. That's all I did. And then I lost 25 pounds in like three months. Um, and I never went to the gym. I never went running or anything, but I, I don't have the discipline apparently for that to last. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing really good for a while. Like we were both going to the gym on a regular basis, and then um, just like didn't <laughs> for a while too. And then <laughs> so, so yeah, that just didn't happen. Um, I um, I hate. I don't really like talking about dreams at all. But mm-hmm. the other night, I met uh, David Bowie and Jillian Anderson in my dream. Okay, and well, that's I, a that's a sweet trio. Uh, it's, it was it, it was it was it was super dope. David Bowie was like the nicest dude in the world. He didn't he wanted to know it just a bunch of stuff about me. Like he was asking me about a bunch <laughs> of stuff. So I was just like talking to David Bowie about like stuff that I do. And Chris, I woke up with like the biggest smile on my face. I was that's, having that's such beautiful. a good time. <laughs> I know, man. Oh man, I'm I'm very sad because. Um, you know, I'll never have that deja vu moment. Like, unless I guess that could happen. Like, if I'm go to the same afterlife that David, well, Jillian Anderson isn't dead though, so I don't know. 
we all it's all it comes for us all eventually it does, it does, i guess that could happen one day like in the in the dopest afterlife party ever yeah <laughs> just like your life party is a really funny yeah, phrase you, to me. you walk in and everybody like yo it's jeremy and then it's just fucking julian anderson and david bowie yo come meet come meet all your like past relatives and stuff You're yeah like, yeah david, come, bowie, julian anderson. david bowie was asking about your podcast can you explain it to him <laughs> When uh when Brian Wade was in town, uh, I met them at a bar. Unsurprisingly, um, him and Autumn went to a bar, and uh, I was coming home from work, so I was I was running later than they were, and uh, it was in the the middle of the day or whatever, uh, and <laughs> like there, so there was nobody in there, but uh, Brian, Autumn, uh, a bartender friend that's a regular, um, and then like one of the waiter guys that we know. Um, and like t- there was only like four or five people in there, and then the manager who we also know. And I guess at some point they had like pre-planned that when I walked in they would do the whole "Hey!" like I was Norm from Cheers. And uh, <laughs> and can I say that's the most amazing feeling in the goddamn world? <laughs> like no lie, it felt like I walked in and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like they started clapping for some reason, like they were doing a bit, and I was into it. <laughs> like I was like, hey, "You need to do this every single time yeah, I walk great. in." I don't think I've ever had that reaction in my whole life. I don't think anyone's ever been excited to see me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> oh, man. So definitely, like, uh, I guess w- what I'm saying is hire some friends to <laughs> pay them to do yeah. that to you. Yeah. That's, that's I need to do that. That's probably the best part about, like, having an entourage. Just right? people, like just to hype you up, or just to get like to like when you walk into place, they're like, "Hey, it's the rich guy we all mooch off of." Hey, like. <laughs> um, tell me about Renfair. How was Renfair? Oh, it was sweet. Except it was nine hundred thousand degrees out. It looked very, very hot. Uh, um, looks like y'all so had a good time like, there. We yeah, we had fun. I couldn't I couldn't dress up because it was too hot. But I was like, you know, that's probably a good thing because I get to just be a normal person and not be stressed about the fact that I'm wearing a fucking cloak in public. Um, not that that there's anything against that, but when you go to a convention, mm-hmm. you're you're amongst your people. Yeah. You know, not everybody's cosplaying, but you're amongst your people. When you're at a Ren fair, of course you're still amongst nerds, mm-hmm. but there's just a ton of normal people there. Yeah. Who are like, yeah, I'm gonna go and like drink and and watch the jousting or whatever because I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't care um, to like like get into this this much. Like this is just a like a like this is just a a weird gimmick of a restaurant for me. Like I'm gonna come here on a, exactly. every, like you know three Sundays a year or whatever maybe. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it was fun. It was uh, we recreated a lot of uh, memories from from long ago, cherished mems as we started sure. calling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all decided we were gonna go back for Jess's birthday, but I don't know if she still wants to do that. But yeah, because. Uh, the biggest, the biggest attractor really was just how hot it was. We couldn't fully enjoy everything that was going on because we kept just being like, "Oh my god!" And uh, drinking was fun, except we were just hounded by bees uh, because we had mead, which is honey. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> like bees were just all over us. Like I had a bee on my hand for like most of the day, just yeah, hanging out. And they were like, "Yeah, out. if you don't react to them." Then they won't do anything, but I'm like, but I don't want it on my hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to <laughs> yeah. shoot it away. I, I would very much like to react to it right now. Like <laughs> I don't I don't believe that they're endangered because I'm covered in them. <laughs> I've never been to a Ren Fair. That's I've just do never they have them in your area? I'm I mean like I'm sure. I don't know. 
See, I don't even, I don't know like the deal with rent fairs. I just know that when we were in high school, Steve's mom was like, hey, you guys want to go to this? And I was like, uh, yeah, I can dress up like Aragorn. Ten years later, nothing has changed. But I was like, yeah, I can dress up as Aragorn. Yeah, I'm going to go. Um, and we did dress up when we were in high school. But uh, at this time, no. Ever um, since then, it's just like all my friends are like, yeah, seems like a sw- sweet idea to just go hang out in the woods with a bunch of like fantasy people. Yeah. I'm going to, I just Googled Louisiana Ren Fair, and uh, of course there is one, and it's like massive. But check out the, like the first picture on this website. Also, the Larf. name of the website Net. is larf.net. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yo. <laughs> man, this website is loading so slow. That is not a good indicator for my internet speed. No, not at all. These guys are fucking serious. Like, you got the dude, the dude up front in, mm-hmm. like, in a leather top hat. He's got his doublet, his cape. Honestly, out of the out of the bunch, he's looking the best. Like, he's he got looks the fucking, like he mo- he's got the utility belt, right? Like, he's, like, yeah, he's, he's got, got some potions belt. in there. He looks like a, he's like a, the- like a, like a, uh, like a, just a straight up, like, street wizard, right? Like, he is ready yes, to throw some, like, potions wizard. at you. He's got the, kind of like that, the gaunt features of somebody who has been drinking hard their whole life. Um, him, so I totally buy it. And then there's a dude, uh, way to the left who, you know, is just like a regular man, but he's mm-hmm. got a beard. He's got a graying beard and you know, okay. And then there's just a bunch of like, uh, boys, like young boys, especially the one whose eyes are covered off to the left. You can't, you can't see his face. Um, he has the softest features I've ever seen on a human being. Um, he's, he's, he's a soft boy. Like he's, he's looking, he's, Yeah. Um, wait, wait. Are you talking about? I'm sorry. Are you talking about the kid on the left with that with the hat like pulled in front of his eyes? Or are you talking about the the yeah, really young yeah. kid on the right with the I'm with the, cu- the with the, the cup hat. of mead on his belt? <laughs> that cup is full of grape juice. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean the kid who uh, with the hat over his eyes. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't know where he's going. No. Uh, but he you you you, his... have, you have failed to miss. Excuse me, you have failed to mention my favorite part of this picture, which is the ghost princess. I was just going to say the fucking ghost queen in the background. <laughs> ghost queen, I like that better. Yeah, there's definitely Shrouded like fog. an undead queen situation happen- happening there. What's what's the lore on Larf.net? <laughs> I, dude, I, I do not know. Oh I mean, my they- god, and the symbol, the symbol of the Ren Fair is a knight on a horse fighting an alligator because it's Louisiana. Oh, of course, yeah. That's the first. That's the first thing that you need, and it's for a knight to, to defend you from an alligator. Yeah, totally. The one at King Richard's Fair, it just it is just King Richard as a drunk man, and he's like, "What up?" And he has like dragon wings for some reason. And it's you know, it's pretty sweet. So, um, I don't know what these next shows are, but they sound great. Uh, we can Dude, do gaming maps. What is that? I don't know. Oh my god, game North Friend, that's World of Warcraft. There's there's still oh, gaming a, maps. Actual like handheld. Oh wow, that's awesome. He's actually those do look like they were pretty cool. <laughs> this actually where is this? I saw it it was in Tangy Parish, but where <laughs> The hours are open is nine forty five AM to dusk, rain or shine. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, cool. And Dude, dusk yeah. changes with the seasons. <laughs> Um, where is, where is this? I kind of want to go to this map of fair map to fair. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, oh, this is Hammond. This is like maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from me. So I would say that that sounds like a lot, but that's basically how much I drove to get to this. So yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that would be no problem to do on a weekend probably. Cause I could, I could crash over at my dad's house and just like 
you know, go do something about Root or something. That's it, dope. Um, I never even thought about looking there. looking for that. That that might be a fun thing to do one day. It was really fun to go and just drink. And I couldn't qu- I couldn't quite drink as much as everybody else because it, it's quite a long drive back, and I don't want to be uh, you know too sauced up. I'm a responsible boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Jess had a lot of fun, and she got pretty saucy. So he just turned forty, and I was like, uh, "What's that like, dude? <laughs> like turning 40? Yeah. He's like, "I said because I've been I'm turning thirty seven this year, and I'm feeling like mad bad about it. Like I don't, I'm not into that at all." And he's like, "Oh, Jeremy," he goes. Just, just, just hold on to these next three years. Just hold on to them. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude! You <laughs> know, I gotta hang on to my next three in my twenties. Even though I just, it, after a certain point, I feel like I won't care because I, do, I mean, I don't take care of myself, so who cares? <laughs> thirty wasn't like I thought. Thirty was going to be a big deal. Thirty wasn't a big deal, uh, and nothing since has been a, b- a big deal. Uh, but for some reason, thirty-seven's gotten under, under my skin a little bit. I don't, I don't know why. So. Because you're older than Dean now. I guess because I'm older than Dean now. I'm 37 I don't even years think old. That's, I don't think that's true. I think I I'm think the same age. Does, does, do we know Dean's birthday? That's a thing that I've never looked up on a Wikipedia before. Yeah, I guess I don't actually know when it is. January 24th, speak- 1979. So he's about a year and a half older than me. Okay, should we get into it? We can. I've got the list. Of, have you done the road so far while we were talking? I'm assuming uh, that's what you were working on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah, one and, one and done, my friend. Um, no, wait, I don't have your notes. They're in the folder. Oh, wow. Here, I'll just link them, you giant lazy baby. I have to, I have to go to the folder. <laughs> Um, looking at the stats, 28 people have listened to the episode early. We have that many patrons? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we have 30, not all of them on the early release feed. Oh, um, it's because it was live for a second, so people downloaded it. <laughs> oh, I bet that's exactly what it was. Shit. Let me go look at the stats. I bet that's exactly what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> iOS, 22 downloads. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking great. That's just <laughs> hilarious. I don't even think my podcatcher downloaded it. Let me go look. I don't think I had it. No, I mine I didn't. <laughs> let me go, because as we've been sitting here talking, I, I ran out of water. So let me go get water, and then we'll start right in. I promise. Okay. I was saying on Twitter earlier today that I um I was just watching some random YouTube videos while I was folding laundry. But I put I put YouTube up on my PS4 and it just plays sometimes. Um because it'll end and it'll go to the next video. And so suddenly I there's a video of JK Rowling and um Dana Radcliffe talking about Harry Potter. Just some interview with the two of them. Interviewing each other, I guess. I haven't thought about Harry Potter in any real way in like six or seven years. I don't know when the the, the last book came out, but or when the last movie came out. But suddenly, I'm back on my Harry Potter trip. Okay. So You weren't gone long enough. I didn't get to finish my story. And oh. now, it's just, now it's just a half story. Oh, well, that's going to suck later. Well, maybe if I get water later, you can finish it. And I'll just edit it together. Maybe I don't fucking want to. Wow. Well, welcome to, to fucking Monster of the Week. 
we're different now. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the creepy but necessary podcast of two people that hate one another and want to talk about hunks, though. <laughs> we hate each other so much, we fucking love Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. We hate each other a lot, but we not enough to um, like stop us from talking about Supernatural. Let's do this. I just did like, like moves, like I'm a Power Ranger. So let's do this. Okay. Okay.